Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So I'm currently just walking through Central Park. Um, I did not know I was going to be in New York City like a week ago, but here I am. And I was thinking about how many good things, like insanely good things happen to me. Like everyone is shocked. Like people around me, my sister can say that this is true. Everyone's like, good things happen to Kelsey. Kelsey is so lucky. Like that's insane. Like it's unbelievable. And I'm like, I wonder why? Because I'm not just lucky guys. I'm not. And I've coined it down to something I'm going to be calling the just ask factor. And I will be giving you examples and teaching you about what this means. So, the just ask factor. It really is exactly what it sounds like. You just have to ask. Like you have to ask the universe, you have to ask people, ask for things that you want. Don't assume anything's impossible. Don't assume bad things will happen to you. Assume good things. A few months ago, I took my dad, my brother, and my boyfriend to see an NBA game, my little brother's favorite team. Um, the tickets were super expensive, and plus we had to travel because we live in Canada, so I didn't get us very good seats. But then when we got there, I was like, should we just ask if we can go courtside? Like, let's just ask. Um, we go to guest services. I explain, this is my little brother. He's a huge fan. Like, we came all the way from Canada. Guess what? Boom. Courtside. Seats. Front row. Like, where the celebrities sit. No charge. That's a great example. You just have to ask. Most people wouldn't ask because they would just be like, of course I can't just get put on the court side. Like, no, but what if you can? Just ask. So it is like you have to ask for what you want. You have to expect good things. And when bad things happen, you have to see the good in it. So, guys, just ask. All right, my friends, welcome to another episode of Real English Radio. If this is your first time listening to the show, thank you for being here. I am your host, Tony Kaizen. And in this episode, we are talking about the importance of taking risks. We are talking about the importance of asking the world for what it is that you want. As we saw in this clip here, which I'm going to go back to the beginning, play it from the beginning and break down some words, some phrases, some nouns, some verbs, and some adjectives before we continue. But that is the main topic of today's episode. All right. So let's go right back to the beginning so I can explain a few things and then we'll continue. Let's do it. 
So I'm currently just walking through Central Park. Um, I did not know I was going to be in New York City like a week ago, but here I am. And I'm so she said, I'm currently just walking through Central Park, which is a big famous park in New York City. But to be walking through a place, it just means passing or moving from one place to another. Like she's walking around this particular area. So she's walking through the park. It means that she entered on one side and she's walking to the other side. That's what it means to be walking through the park. From point A to point B, you're walking through this place. Thinking about how many good things, like insanely good things happen to me. Like everyone is shocked. Like people around me, my sister can say Absolutely. that this Her is true. Life. Everyone's like, good things happen to Kelsey. Kelsey is so lucky. Like that's insane. Like it's unbelievable. Good things happen to Kelsey. Kelsey is so lucky. Now you might know this already, but lucky is an adjective that we use to describe somebody who frequently experiences good fortune or beneficial circumstances. And it seems like it's random, just out of nowhere or for no reason, this person experiences something really, really good. Like you're just walking down the street and suddenly you see a hundred dollar bill on the ground and that happens to you like once a month. You are a very lucky person, you know? It's like randomly you experience these great, unexpectedly positive things in life. You're just a very lucky person. So she's saying that people are constantly telling her, Kelsey, you're so lucky. Kelsey is so lucky. This is crazy. Like, what, what are you doing? How are you so lucky? How do you experience so many positive and beneficial things in life without even trying? That's the idea. All right, let me go back a few seconds and we'll continue. People around me, my sister, can say Absolutely. that this Her is entire true. Life. Everyone's like, good things happen to Kelsey. Kelsey is so lucky. Like, that's insane. Like, it's unbelievable. And I'm like, I wonder why. Because I'm not just lucky, guys. I'm not. And I've coined it down to something I'm going to be calling the just ask factor. Okay, she said, I'm not just lucky. I've coined it down to something I'm going to be calling the just ask factor. Now, this isn't the most common way to use this, this word, coined. But to coin a term basically just means to create a new term or a new phrase or a new concept. You're, you have this big, complex idea and you boil it down or you simplify it into one simple term or phrase. So she's about to describe what she calls the just ask factor. So this whole situation about being lucky and experiencing positive things and getting what you want out of life, all of the aspects or all of the factors that play into that idea, she's boiled it down or simplified it into one term, which is the just ask factor. She has coined or created this term to describe that whole idea. I hope that makes sense. All right, so let me go back and play it again. Why? Because I'm not just lucky, guys. I'm not. And I've coined it down to something I'm going to be calling the just ask factor. And I will be giving you examples and teaching you about what this means. So, the just ask factor. It really is exactly what it sounds like. You just have to ask. Like you have to ask the universe, you have to ask people, ask for things that you want. Don't assume anything's impossible. Don't assume bad things will happen to you. Assume good things. Okay, don't assume anything is impossible. Don't assume bad things will happen. Assume good things. So to assume something just means to accept it as true or to choose to believe it's true, even though you don't have proof that it's true. So I'm going to, how can I say this? 
if I assume good things, if I assume things are possible, if I assume that good things are going to happen to me, I just choose to believe good things are possible. I choose to believe good things are going to happen to me, even though I have no proof that that's the case. I just assume it's the case. Okay. All right, let's continue. So you have to ask people, ask for things that you want. Don't assume anything's impossible. Don't assume bad things will happen to you. Assume good things. A few months ago, I took my dad, my brother, and my boyfriend to see an NBA game, my little brother's favorite team. Um, the tickets were super expensive, and plus we had to travel because we live in Canada, so I didn't get us very good seats. But then when we got there, I was like, should we just ask if we can go courtside? Like, Okay, so now she, she lives in Canada. She took her dad, her boyfriend, and her little brother to see an NBA game, obviously in the U.S., they had to travel down to the U.S. The tickets were very expensive, so she couldn't get very good seats. They were probably sitting very high up in the stands just because those tickets are less expensive. But when they arrived or when they got there, she just asked herself, like, should we just ask if we can go courtside? So to go courtside or to be seated, Jesus Christ, seated? <laughs> to be seated <laughs> courtside or to sit courtside. <laughs> Oh, man, to sit courtside basically literally means to sit on the side of the court. You know, like at an NBA game where all the celebrities are sitting, all the rich and famous people sit because they're the only people that can afford those tickets. They're sitting right on the floor. They get the best, arguably the best seats in the arena because they're so close to the game. They can see everything. They can see LeBron sweating and shit. You know what I mean? They can see everything, every detail, as opposed to sitting way up there in the nosebleeds. And just in case you don't know, the nosebleeds in a stadium or an arena or a theater just refers to the highest point in the stadium. I'm talking all the way at the top where the cheapest tickets are. Typically, you're. it's like the reason we call it that, if I'm not mistaken, is because you're so high in the air, at that altitude, your nose might start to bleed right? That's why we call it the nosebleeds. It's just the super, super, super high part of the stadium where the, cheap, where the tickets are cheapest and you can barely see what's happening on the court or on the field. So that's probably where they were going to sit. But she said, let's just ask if we can sit courtside. And so now she's going to continue with the story. Favorite team. Um, the tickets were super expensive. And plus we have to travel because we live in Canada. So I didn't get us very good seats. But then when we got there, I was like, should we just ask if we can go courtside? Like, let's just ask. Um, we go to guest services. I explain, this is my little brother. He's a huge fan. Like, we came all the way from Canada. Guess what? Boom. Courtside. Seats. Front row. Like, where the celebrities sit. No charge. That's a great example. Okay, so she went to guest services, and she just asked, hey, this is my little brother. We came all the way from Canada. And so just in case you don't know, all the way. We use this to describe, like, a very long distance being traveled. So if they came all the way from Canada, she's just emphasizing the fact that it was a very long trip. That's really all it means. And you'll hear this very often, like coming all the way from New Zealand, coming all the way from Los Angeles. It just means that wherever they came from is very far from where we are right now. They came all the way here. You know, imagine that you're, you're in a long distance relationship and your girlfriend lives like seven hours away and you're, you have some vacation time. So you're going to drive seven hours to go spend the weekend with your girlfriend. You drive seven hours, you arrive at your girlfriend's house and then you realize um, your girlfriend's cheating on you and she wants to break up. 
And you might say, I, I, bro, I drove all the way. I drove all the way here just to find out you're cheating on me. Fuck you. You know, I drove all the way here. You're just emphasizing the fact that I drove a very, very, very long distance. So they came all the way from Canada. So she's explaining that to guest services. We came all the way from Canada. This is my little brother. He's a huge fan. Could we possibly sit courtside? Would that be okay? And guess what? Boom. Courtside. Front row. Where the celebrities sit. No charge. And so when somebody says no charge, it just literally means that they were not charged any extra money for whatever they received. So if you get courtside seats, no charge, it's like for free. That's really all she's saying. So they were going to sit in some cheap seats, but just because she asked, they were able to sit courtside, no charge, for free, just because she asked. That's the idea. All right, let's continue. Courtside, seats, front row, like where the celebrities sit. No charge. That's a great example. You just have to ask. Most people wouldn't ask because they would just be like, of course I can't just get put on the courtside. Like, no, but what if you can? Just ask. So it is like you have to ask for what you want. You have to expect good things. And when bad things happen, you have to see the good in it. So, guys, just ask. All right, my friend. So I'm going to go, oh, oh, hang on, hang on, hang the fuck on, hang on. Going to go all the way back to the beginning and play it again without any interruptions, without stopping, just to see how much more of the story you can understand and then we'll continue. All right, let's do it. So I'm currently just walking through Central Park. Um, I did not know I was going to be in New York City like a week ago, but here I am. And I was thinking about how many good things, like insanely good things happen to me. Like everyone is shocked. Like people around me, my sister can say Absolutely. that this Her is true. Life. Everyone's like, good things happen to Kelsey. Kelsey is so lucky. Like that's insane. Like it's unbelievable. And I'm like, I wonder why? Because I'm not just lucky guys. I'm not. And I've coined it down to something I'm going to be calling the just ask factor. And I will be giving you examples and teaching you about what this means. So the just ask factor. It really is exactly what it sounds like. You just have to ask. Like you have to ask the universe, you have to ask people, ask for things that you want. Don't assume anything's impossible. Don't assume bad things will happen to you. Assume good things. A few months ago, I took my dad, my brother, and my boyfriend to see an NBA game, my little brother's favorite team. Um, the tickets were super expensive, and plus we had to travel because we live in Canada, so I didn't get us very good seats. But then when we got there, I was like, should we just ask if we can go courtside? Like. Let's just ask. Um, we go to guest services. I explain, this is my little brother. He's a huge fan. Like, we came all the way from Canada. Guess what? Boom. Courtside. Seats. Front row. Like where the celebrities sit. No charge. That's a great example. You just have to ask. Most people wouldn't ask because they would just be like, of course I can't just get put on the courtside. Like, no, but what if you can? Just ask. So it is like you have to ask for what you want. You have to expect good things. And when bad things happen, you have to see the good in it. So, guys, just ask. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. All right, my friend, how was it the second time around? Could you understand each and every word, each and every phrase, each and every expression? I certainly hope so. It's a very interesting topic, man, and I think that it's something that we should probably talk about a little bit more because I'm sure a lot of us, a lot of us are just so afraid of rejection. And not only that, but a lot of us just have very self-limiting beliefs about what we're capable of doing, what's really possible, what we can get out of life, you know, or what we can give to other people. We just have all these beliefs. I could never do that. I could never get that. There's no way they would say yes. There's no way I would be accepted, blah, 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 blah. We have these self-limiting beliefs, man, and it stops us from even taking chances in life. And then you get to fucking 75 and you're like, God damn, what a fucking wasted life that was. I wish I would have at least tried to do what I wanted to do or get what I wanted to get or be who I wanted to be, but I just didn't believe in myself. And it's complicated, right? Because sometimes we have these self-limiting beliefs or these poor self-images or we don't believe in ourselves the way we should because of various factors. Maybe because of the way our parents talked to us when we were younger. Stuff that we experienced at school and just didn't understand. But that's very common too. Sometimes as children, even adults, but definitely as children, we experience things and we don't know how to interpret them properly. Yet we still try to interpret them and we internalize certain things and if nobody's there to explain what's really going on, or if we don't have the right perspective, we just hold on to whatever that experience was the rest of our lives without even realizing how it's affecting us, right? So it's various things that might cause those self-limiting beliefs, that might cause that insecurity, that fear of rejection, you know? Various things. But I do think it's something that a lot of us experience at one point or another. And after I was watching this clip, it made me remember a time when... I experienced firsthand the value of just asking people for shit and just seeing what happens because, I mean, the worst thing that happens in most cases is that they say no. In most cases, that's the worst that can happen. I guess you might get yelled at or told to fuck off or something like that if you're asking for something and people don't want to give it to you, but even that is not really a big deal. Excuse me. It's not really a big deal, right? And it makes me think back in 2019 when I was in Brazil. I was in Sao Paulo. I fucking love that city, man. Shout out to all my listeners in Sao Paulo. Like, I must love for y'all. So in 2019, that's where I was. And I was really into street photography at the time, which is, in my, in my mind, street photography is literally just documenting things that happen in the streets with your camera. More specifically, street portraits. I'm not really, I mean, taking pictures of places, I guess, is okay. Street scenes and stuff like that. But I really like portraiture. I'm fascinated by people's faces. So since I love street photography and I love doing portraits, and I think Brazil is such a unique place when it comes to physical appearance, just because there's so many different ethnicities and, and races and cultures mixed together. So you see the whitest of white and the blackest of black 
and the brownest of brown and, and the yellowest of yellow and everything in between. You see all shapes and sizes and colors and physical features all in one country. It's fascinating. And I just wanted to document that through street portraiture. I wanted to walk the streets. And if I see somebody interesting, if I see a beautiful person, I wanted to make a portrait of them and eventually create an entire book showing the physical diversity of the beauty of Brazilian people. That was my goal. <laughs> at least it was my goal at the time. But I was, uh, how old was I at that time? 20, 24, I was at the time. Still struggling with a bit of social anxiety, still a bit, still a bit afraid, excuse me, still a bit afraid of like being rejected by fucking strangers, which is crazy for me to think about now. But back then it was a real fear. And um, to do street portraiture, you have to approach people <laughs> and ask them for a portrait and you run the risk of being rejected. You run the risk of them saying no. You run the risk of people thinking you're fucking weird because it's not the most common thing to do to be walking the streets. And just asking people, hey, can I take a picture of you? Especially today when people are much less willing to trust strangers. It's like, well, what do you want to do with my picture? What is this for? Why are you asking? Who the fuck are you, bro? Want to take my picture? What are you, a fucking creep? You're going to put my shit on the internet? You know, we just don't trust people as easily. So it's like, it's kind of a weird thing to do for a lot of people. Or at least that's what I believed. Without even having talked to anybody about it, I just decided that people would think I was weird. People would think I was a creep. And that everybody would tell me no. And everybody would tell me to fuck off. And uh, I don't. it actually took me a couple weeks for me to convince myself. For me to fucking develop the courage to have the balls to walk the streets. I walked up and down Paulista Avenue. Up and down, up and down. And it took me a long time to actually convince myself to, you know, fuck it, man, just approach somebody. Just ask. Just ask. Like, what's the worst thing that could happen is they say, no, who gives a shit? There's literally 100,000 people on this street. If one says no, move on to the fucking next one. It's not a big deal. And so once I finally worked up the courage, I would just approach people. And it's, it's funny because in the beginning, I really wasn't even good at approaching people. I was nervous and anxious and... I spoke Portuguese very well at the time, but like I was so nervous that it came out broken, <laughs> you know, and it's funny because even even with all of that, even with not knowing how to approach people correctly, even being nervous and anxious with my slightly broken Portuguese, like most people said yes. Most people said yes, because I would just approach kindly, politely, and I'd try to be as clear as possible about what I wanted. And even though you could see on their face, it was a bit strange because it's not something that somebody asks you every day, even still, a lot of them said, yeah, sure, let's do it. And as soon as they say yes, as soon as you get the green light, all of that anxiety and fear just kind of disappears. And then you can do your thing. And I think it's like that in life. Sometimes we just work up the approach so much in our head. We make it this big insurmountable thing and it's so scary it's so dark and ominous and what if this goes wrong and what if that goes wrong and then you actually do it and you're like oh that wasn't really a big deal you know it wasn't that big of a deal and they said yes eight out of ten people said yes and the ones who said no it was generally not because it's like i think you're weird i don't trust you it was like i'm not happy with my appearance today or i literally don't have time to stop and talk to you so you can take my picture that was it Everybody else. Yeah, sure. Why not? And what I learned as well is that 
a lot of people were actually just curious, like, why are you doing this? Who are you? Where are you from? What is this for? And it's, so it's a really easy conversation starter as well, because I'm taking their pictures, but I'm also like engaging with them and making conversation the whole time so that it's less, for lack of a better term, so that it's less awkward because we're two strangers. And for us to just stand in silence while I make a portrait of them is kind of awkward. So I would try to like make conversation and learn about them and make them laugh, make them feel more comfortable because the picture almost always comes out better when you do that. And so I just learned through experience, like approaching person after person after person, just by simply asking, just by asking, I was able to get what I wanted. I didn't have to pay them any money. I didn't have to know them on an intimate level. I didn't have to do anything special. All I had to do was have the balls to walk up to the person and say, hey, you look beautiful. You look nice today. I like what you're wearing or this or that. I'm a street photographer from the U.S. I'm here working on this project. Can I make a portrait of you? I'd love it if you participated in the project. Now, that's not exactly what I said. I don't remember exactly what I said. But it's more or less the idea. And most people, yeah, sure. And it's funny because when you change the way you think about it, it's actually like a compliment for a fucking stranger to walk up to you and say, like, you look so nice today that I had to stop you and ask if I can make a portrait to immortal, not immortalize. What's the word? What's the word I'm looking for? I can't, I don't remember the word I'm looking for, but to basically capture this moment in time so that it lasts much longer. I may never see you again, but to be able to capture this in a photograph, like that's how good you look today. I wanted to capture that so that we can hold on to this moment. You know what I mean? Put it in a book for other people to see. It's like a compliment. You look so good today. I want to stop and take a picture of it so I can look at it longer. It actually sounds kind of creepy when you think about it. <laughs> You look so goddamn good. I want to take a picture so I can look at you longer. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you, cuz? Okay, I guess there's many different ways to look at the situation. Now that I'm sitting here talking about it, I guess you could uh, interpret it many different ways. But I, I look at it as a compliment. If somebody doesn't want any, they don't want your number. They don't want to fuck. They just want your picture um, to showcase your beauty to other people. That's a compliment, you know? Somebody noticed you. Somebody was actually paying attention. And in my mind, before I started doing it, I thought people would take that as like really creepy. Like, damn, you were looking at me that hard. You know what I mean? Like, why are you staring at me? Why are you watching me, bro? Why do you need my picture? And it really wasn't like that at all. 90% of people were positively receptive to the idea, you know? And so that's what I learned is something you just have to ask. In Portuguese, at least in Brazil, I might have said this on the podcast before, but they have a phrase which is un não você já tem. And if I translate that, it's like, you know, the worst thing that could happen is they say no. You know, if you don't ask, the answer is certainly no. Like you, you already have the no. Why not try to go for the yes? Why not at least try to get what you want? Because if you don't try, the result is the same anyway. You're just not going to get it. And I learned that in many situations, but I relearned that in that situation, trying to work on street portraits when I was in Brazil. You just have to ask, you know? And many times, to your surprise, you will actually get what you want, you know? And then by, it's funny too, because after doing it time and time and time and time again, talking to person after person after person, you actually get better at asking. Because when I first started my approach, I would take like 30, 40, 50 fucking seconds just to explain what I wanted. And I could see on the person's face 
you know, they were being polite and letting me finish, but they're like, dude, get to the, what the fuck do you want? Get to the point. Because you have to remember, I'm in a city where there's like 13 million people in the city. In the greater metropolitan area, there's probably like 20 million people. Most of the people that are walking up and down Paulista Avenue, especially at the time of day that I was going there, they're going to work. They're going to class. They're going this place and that place. They don't have time to just waste. So if I stop them on the street and I'm taking a minute, 60 seconds just to tell them what I want from them, it's like, bro, what the fuck is wrong? What do you want, bro? It's fine if you stop me and ask for something, but just get to the fucking point. What do you want? And it was only through experience, only through practicing and approaching again and again and again and again that I learned to refine my approach. And I made it much shorter, much more clear. I figured out how to present it in a way that was click, not click, <laughs> quick, clear, and concise, which only increases the chance that the person says yes, because you're just getting straight to the point. You have to remember this person's a stranger and they're willing to stop and let me ask them for something, but they're not willing to give me their entire day. They don't even fucking know me. So out of respect and courtesy, it's in my best interest and their best interest for me to save them time, for me not for me not to waste any of their time. So I learned just through practicing how to shorten it and be much more clear and concise. I even noticed thinking about the psychology of it, like which words to say. Because at first I would say, hey, I don't remember exactly what I said, but it was something like, hey, I'm from the US. I'm a photographer working on this project and I like the way you look today. You're dressed really nice or you're very beautiful. You're very handsome, whatever. Can I take this picture of you and I'm doing it for this project? Here's some other examples. You know what I'm saying? Just blah, 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 blah. Like, bro, get to the fucking point, man. And then I had to like try to put myself in their position and ask myself, what information would I need to say yes? And it's really just who I am, what I want, is it free or not? And so I would, at the end of it, what I do remember is that I boiled it down to just a couple quick sentences and I would approach somebody and say, excuse me, I know that this request is going to sound really weird. But can I make a portrait of you? Two sentences. Two sentences. And the reason I did it that way is because by starting my approach by saying, listen, this is going to sound very, very strange. I noticed by watching people's faces, they're already starting to calculate what type of weird, twisted shit is this person going to ask me for? They're already preparing themselves for the worst case scenario. They're imagining the craziest shit that somebody could ask them for on the streets. And so by putting them in that mind state, imagining something so weird, so horrific, and then simply asking them for a picture, they're like, oh, it's just a picture? Yeah, sure. Because it's really like, it might be strange to some people, but it's really not a big deal for somebody to take a picture of you. That's not like, it's not the most common thing to ask somebody for, but I'm not asking them to take off their fucking underwear and let me smell it or some shit like that. I'm not asking them to go home and have sex with me tonight. I'm not asking them for money. It's just a picture. So once they imagine those more intense <laughs> things that I might ask them for and they realize it's just a picture, it kind of like, how can I explain this? In their mind, the idea of a picture becomes even less strange, even less of a thing to ask for because compared to what they were imagining, it's really not that big of a deal. So that's why I would start approaching that way. And I keep it two sentences. This is going to be strange, but can I ask you for a picture? Most of the time, that was enough. People would say yes. But if they have a problem or they're still curious and want to know more or they don't trust me yet, 
that then I just shut the fuck up and then give them the opportunity to respond. I don't need to give a fucking lecture and say 10,000 words to convince them to say yes. I'm just very short, sweet, and to the point. I tell them what I want, and then I shut up and let them tell me what they want. So maybe they have questions. Who are you? Where are you from? What is this for? Why are you doing it? And then if they want that information, I can give it to them. You see, but it's easier just to start with what it is I want. Just be super clear and super direct, respectful, but clear and direct. And if they want more information, they'll ask for it. But a lot of times they don't. They just say yes. And if they say no, okay, well, thank you anyway. Have a nice day. And I move on to the next fucking person. But again, eight, eight and a half, nine times out of 10, they would say yes. No questions asked, you know? And we'd sit there and we'd talk and make conversation. They'd tell me about where to go and not to go in the city. You know, they'd tell me where I can go play football. They might ask me about me and my language and my culture. And you just make, even if it's a two-minute interaction, you're interacting with so many different people in the streets, which is good for your mental health. It's good for your communication skills. It's good to get out of the house and into the world. There's so many benefits to street photography, I really think. But you don't have to do street photography to be approaching people in the streets. And I saw a video recently talking about the importance of developing communication skills, getting over social anxiety. And this guy was saying something like, master the 90-second conversation. And what he means is like, you don't have to be some super charismatic individual and have like three-hour conversations to be a good communicator. Simply getting in the habit of communicating with people in general is going to be great for your communication skills. We actually talked about that. In episode number 38 of the podcast, How to Talk to Women. And Charlie Hubert was talking about a similar idea, which is just get in the habit of approaching people. Just flirt with the world. The cashier at the grocery store or your cab driver or the bus driver or the person working at the restaurant, the person you're sitting next to on the metro. Just start conversations about anything. It really doesn't matter. Just start talking to people. Get open the door for a possible connection. If it goes nowhere, it goes nowhere. But just creating the opportunity for good things to happen is the point. So mastering the 90-second conversation is just taking interest in other people, being curious. What's the best part of your day? What are you thinking about? What are you struggling with these days? Where are you going? What are you doing today? Simple shit. Simple shit. Whatever you want. And you don't have to worry about being interesting or being super charismatic. Just start the conversation, see where it goes, and learn, and then learn how to pleasantly, politely, and let's say quickly or concisely end the conversation and go on about your day. No strings attached. Just keep it simple and take the chance. That's the idea behind mastering the 90-second conversation because then when you come across somebody you really want to talk to, you already have developed the habit of just starting conversations, being interested in other people, being curious, and learning how to take the conversation from hello, how you doing, to something much deeper and more interesting. It is a skill that we all need to practice, that we all need to master, right? So again, getting back to the topic of this episode, just by asking, you create the chance to get what it is you truly want. But if you never ask, it's more than likely that you will never receive. So that's what I want you to take away from this episode, my friend. Not that if you ask for courtside seats, you're going to get them every time. If you ask somebody for a picture, you're going to get it every time. But by not asking, you are guaranteeing that you'll never get whatever it is that you want. 
So don't be afraid to ask for what you want. Don't be afraid to make it clear what it is that you want. Because sometimes it's just the self-limiting belief that you can't get it that keeps you from getting it. It's only that self-limiting belief, nothing else. If you just ask, sometimes you will get it just because you asked. So it's easy for me to say, one, because they're just words, but two, because I've experienced it myself. It's easy for me to say this. You have to accept the fact that rejection is part of life. People thinking you're weird is part of life. People misunderstanding you is part of life. But you got to go for what you want if you want to have any hopes of ever getting it. So by putting yourself out there, making it clear what you want, asking for what you want, you just make it possible to get it. So don't be afraid to ask, man. Don't be afraid of being rejected. Don't be afraid of hearing the word no. Because at the end of the day, you might have to hear no a hundred times before you hear yes. But if you never hear the no's, you'll never get to the yes. So you just have to keep going and keep going and keep going. And you see that in every aspect of life, whether it's dating, starting a business, getting a job, making more money, learning a language, whatever it is. There's so many failures that you have to experience before you can get to the success. It's just a lot of times we don't see people's failures, so we assume that they're overnight successes. Because failure isn't sexy. It's not really sexy to broadcast that on the internet. Look how many times I was told no. Look how many times people spit in my face. Look how many times people turned me down. Isn't that amazing? No. No. The climax is amazing. Look at my success. Look at my fucking... What's the word? Achievement. Look how I conquered. That's sexy. That's interesting. That gets the likes. That's inspirational. You know? But the nine months of fucking rejection and failure is not really interesting to most people. Although it's necessary to reach the success. So just get comfortable with failure. Get comfortable with rejection. And understand that if you don't make, if you don't make it known, people won't know. If you don't ask, you most likely won't receive. So... Just ask.